0: Good morning. This is an exciting morning, isn't it? He is no longer in the grave. He is risen. We should be excited, shouldn't we? Amen. Ah, something to be excited about. He is risen. He is alive forevermore. I was speaking to in our Sunday school class when we were sharing. I said it's amazing the The message was spoken in Sunday school class. It was sang and read all this morning. I told someone in the seat I just said, Amen, and we can go home for this morning. But Anton has given me some time to speak. And so, since it's been scheduled, I will take this opportunity to share with you what I believe God has spoken to me with, spoken to me about. The topic for this morning's sermon is just as he said, the hope. Of the resurrection. Hope is defined as trustful expectation, particularly with reference to the fulfillment of God's promises. Biblical hope is the anticipation of a favorable outcome under God's guidance, or more specifically, hope is the confidence that what God has done for us in the past guarantees our participation in what god will do in the future it is the hope and the confidence that what god has done in the past guarantees our participation in what god will do in the future now this is to contrast the world's definition of hope their hope is a a feeling of what they want to happen. You understand it in this way it's some baseless, baseless optimism or a vague yearning after an unattainable good. If hope is to be genuine hope, though, it must be founded on someone or something which affords reasonable confidence in its fulfillment. It must be hope that is founded on someone or something that gives us the grounds, the reason to have confidence in its fulfillment. And the Bible bases its hope, our hope, on God and his saving acts. That is what our hope rests upon. Unlike the world, they have this vague, this arbitrary belief that maybe, Somehow, it will come to pass. But we as believers, God's children, have our hope resting in an act, in a God who has done something in the past that guarantees for us something in the future. We have a hope, a marvelous hope, based on the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A hope that maketh us not ashamed, a hope, something we can look forward to, a hope we can place our anchor in, the finished work of Jesus Christ. God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and because of that act, we have hope. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that this morning we have a hope, in the work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is risen, just as he said. And Father God, because of that, we too can look forward to a blessing, a resurrection. We ask your blessing on this morning's service. We pray that as your word goes forth, it will accomplish the purpose that you have sent it. And will, Father God, bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning we want to consider some of the words spoken by the angel as recorded in Matthew 28, 1 through 10, approximately 2,000 years ago, and see if these words of hope and encouragement, what can we gather from them today? Nathan? Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to see the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, because an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him. They fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women Don't be afraid. I know you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has been raised from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember, I have told you. That scene is taken from Matthew 28, verses one through 10. Matthew 28, 1-10. But this morning we want to look at the words spoken by the angel and see what hope it offers us this morning. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified, he is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. The first thing we want to consider the first words of the angel. Do not be afraid. Bearing in mind, according to Matthew 28, 3, his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. Now, if I stood before you looking like that, I may need to say to you as well, do not be afraid. So you may say they had grounds to be afraid. They had a reason to be afraid, but they were told not to be. And the hope of the resurrection says we have no need to fail. But sometimes we still do. I know I do. Sometimes people believe because you preach that you have it together. But those of us who have the responsibility of sharing God's word still have to work just like everybody else. It is a process that is in constant continuation. You have to be constantly in his word, constantly in his presence, a moment by moment trust and obedience. That is how we are able to not be afraid. This is where we get our confidence from, from time in God's word, time in his presence in prayer, and developing that relationship with him. Joshua 1, 8 and 9 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Why? Because the Lord thy God is with you. He is risen. He is alive. His Holy Spirit is living in us. He is with us wherever we go. And we have no need to be afraid. But guess what we still are and for some of us we may have good cause when we look at the world today in the situations and the circumstances we would say you're saying don't be afraid but 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 what about what about that 15% in July 1st 2014 how am I gonna meet my financial needs what about crime The country recorded 120 murders in 2013 and we had the third highest rate among 13 Caribbean countries as of April 17 2014 there was one shot dead four were injured in shootings and this pushes our murder count to 31 for the year that's three more than our count was for April last year if we keep up this rate we be ahead of ourselves in murder. Don't we have a reason to be afraid? Web shops, taxation, or legalization, what will they do? What will the government decide? And what about our referendum? Did that make a difference? Illegal immigrants. 4,000 illegal immigrants repatri- repatriated last year at a cost of over $1 million, according to the Minister of Foreign Affairs. Can we keep this up? What's the solution to this problem? What about illnesses? We listened to the prayer request this morning of persons who are sick. Don't we have reason to be afraid? Don't we have just cause? Cancer. The Bahamas ranks among the top 20 countries in the world in terms of the number of women with breast cancer. And what about this mutated gene? It's, it was found in 23% of the women with breast cancer in this country, which gives us the highest rate of this mutated gene in the world. Don't you think we have a reason to be afraid? What about job security, privatization, layoffs, business closures? All of these things are going on in our country. These are the real things that are happening. Don't that, doesn't it give us grounds to be afraid. But our God still tells us and because of the resurrection we can be persons who have courage. Do not be afraid. I am reminded from the text, the angel says, fear not. It does look bad, you know. I know who you're looking for. You're looking for Jesus Christ who was crucified. It looks terrible. I know you can remember how he was beaten. I know you can remember him on the cross. I know you can remember his hands and feet nailed to the cross. It looks bad. Things are terrible. But he says, But look, what does it lead to? The angel says, But he is risen. It may look bad. But our God is alive. The tomb is empty. And unlike those who don't have any, we as believers have a hope. We have something to look forward to. He is with us. Our risen Christ is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us. According to Isaiah 41 and 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. In spite of the circumstances, we have a risen Savior who is there with us in the middle of these circumstances. It doesn't mean these circumstances are going to change, you know. Evil is going to come, but this promise is true. We have a hope in the midst of these circumstances. These events are not in our lives just to hurt us and cause us pain, but God has a purpose in them. All these things occur to those who are Christians for our good, for our maturity in Christ, our transformation into his image. And this is a hope that only we Christians have. We know, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We as God's children have a hope. We have a biblical perspective on these sufferings, on these tragedies, and on these difficulties. God is using them in us to bring us to a state of maturity, a state where we look more like him in the midst of these circumstances. We have a hope. We have this hope that others don't have because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is risen just as he said. He is risen. Come, come. What does the angel say? Come, let me show you the tomb. He is no longer there. And what of our greatest fear? Death. Someone always makes the statement, you know, we all want to go to heaven. But nobody want to what? Nobody want to die. And we are afraid, you know, the unknown. What does it mean? Yeah, we know what the Bible says. What does it mean? What about my wife and children? What's going to happen? What about me? First Thessalonians four thirteen through 18 says, But we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do not have any hope. of, of command, with the voice of the archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another, one another with these words: We have a hope. Death is not the end. It is not finished. He was crucified, but he is risen. And because he lives, we will also live. Death does not have that sting. It does not have that victory. It does not. Because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ rose from the dead. God raised him from the dead. Death has no victory. And the same way he rose, we will rise again. Fear? No. Hope. We have a hope. We have something to look forward to. This world, those who don't know Christ, they don't have this hope in Jesus Christ. Death has no victory over you as it had no victory over Christ. Revelation one eighteen says, He holds the keys of death and hell. There is no need to be afraid. What can death do to me? This mortal body? Absent from this body, present with the Lord. We have a hope, a hope in Jesus Christ. The angel continues. He says, he is not here for he has risen as he said. Just to let you know and make sure, come, let me let you see. The napkin where his head was. Let me let you see the grave clothes still there. He is risen. Not just that he is risen. He told us he would rise. Just as he said. He has risen. So we have hope. Hope in what? Hope in the power of God. We know that God can do it. He can raise us from the dead because he already did it with Jesus Christ. He can hope for us to rise again. This speaks to his power. The resurrection gives us hope because we see in it the revelation and the manifestation of the power of an all-powerful God. He is the one who raised Christ from the dead. Acts 13, 28 through 30, Paul says it emphatically. And though they found in him no guilt, worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God, but God, but God raised him from the dead. That's how That's the one we have the hope in. That power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That power, that's the power our God has. And we can have a hope, but that power is working on our behalf. We have a hope. We have a hope. We know he can do it. He did it before. If hope is to be genuine, It must be founded on something or someone which affords reasonable grounds for confidence in its fulfillment. In who? In an all-powerful God. We have hope. He has risen not because they took him away. He's not gone because someone came and carried him off. That's the story they've been spreading around. His disciples came and snuck him out one night. No, 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 no. The Jews believe it today, but we know better. Look, see. That's why the angel said, come. Come, let me, let me show you. See? It's empty. See the grave clothes? Now, if his disciples had stolen him away, do you think Peter would have taken the time to unwrap, take it all off, Lay it out? you think the gods of the tomb would have given them the time to take the time and neatly lay it down in just the right way to make it seem as though? Uh -uh. No, people. It is better for us to believe that he is risen, just as he said, than to believe that someone stole him away. No, he is not dead. He is risen. And he is risen... Just as he said, we have hope, not just hope in a powerful God, but hope in a faithful God. Just as he said, hallelujah, our God is a God who can be trusted. And what he says he will do, he will do. He is risen, just as he said, he will do it. The resurrection gives us hope because it demonstrates that we serve a faithful God. He does what he says he will do. Faithfulness is an attribute ascribed to God which exhibits his character as worthy of love and confidence of man and assures us that he will certainly fulfill his promises as well as execute his threats. So God just doesn't do the... Good stuff that we like. God also fulfills His judgments. And so, if He said He's going to do it, He will. There is coming a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That day is coming. So said, so done. It will be done. It will be done. This is the hope we have because he is a God who has done it before. He has shown himself to be faithful before and he will do it again. That is what our hope and confidence is in. That is the God we serve. He is faithful. He will fulfill his promises. He says in his word, and I love this example, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that no temptation... Has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you will be able to bear it. Do we believe our God is faithful? So when temptation comes, what should we be looking for? The what? The way of escape. No temptation is going to come your way. It's common, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted. Man, it was too much man. I couldn't handle it. He will not allow you. Boy, it was too strong. He will not allow you to be tempted. But she looked so good. He will not allow you to be tempted. But boy, it was so sweet. And I mean, it was so tasty. He will not allow you to be tempted even with hot cross buns, (laughs) above which you are able. But the Word of God says he will make a way, what? Of escape. We laugh at that. But it's in these simple situations and circumstances that we take the faithfulness and the Word of God for granted. He who has promised is faithful to fulfill and we have to take him at his word he's already shown us that he can do it and he will do it so we need to trust him he is faithful it is a hope that is founded on someone that gives us reasonable grounds for confidence And we can have that confidence in a faithful God. Now, what do we do with that hope? The angel continues on. He says, He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, just to be sure. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. Go quickly quickly and tell his disciples we with this knowledge and this hope we can't sit on this we can't sit and just relish in the blessings and the hope that we have, we have a responsibility we have a responsibility to go quickly and tell We have to let others know. This morning, if you don't have this hope that we've been talking about, if you don't know this Jesus we've been talking about, this opportunity is available for you today. Listen to these words found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 8. Now I would remind you, brothers, Of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received. That Christ died for our sins, in accordance to the scriptures. He died. Not just that he died but he was buried, he was put in the ground, he was put in that tomb, he was dead, he was. But also that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And you see, some of us may have said, yeah, I know, the women at the tomb, he said, but just to make sure, some of you were talking about in sentence, just to make sure to let you know that our God was risen. And he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Eyewitnesses. think they stole his body away Mm -mm. but only did the women see the empty grave on the way leaving they met him Jesus is alive and just to make sure let me show you off like a brother said in Sunday school this morning it was all done publicly Jesus didn't hide he didn't hide the crucifixion he didn't hide his life he didn't hide he let everybody see I am alive Nothing to hide. And this life is available to those who don't know him. Romans ten nine says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you want this hope today and to know for sure you're going to heaven, It's simple. Acknowledge you're a sinner. fallen short of God's standard of perfection. Understand and accept that the penalty or wages for sin is death. Accept that Christ died for you and rose again. And believe that you have been saved through the faith or trust in Christ alone. Today, today you could have this hope today you can leave from this church knowing that absent from this body present with the Lord you can have this hope and if you believe these things and there is nothing keeping you from trusting Christ right now you can pray this prayer right in your seat dear God i know that i am a sinner I know my sin deserves to be punished. And I believe Christ died for me and rose from the grave. I trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. And I thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I now have. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if someone prayed that prayer this morning, you need to tell someone. Let someone know right away about that decision. And I would recommend that you speak with one of the pastors before you leave this afternoon. But if you made that profession, I have some exciting news for you. The passage continues. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead in 1 Corinthians 15, and 12, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? So you've made a profession, and some are saying, no, 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 no. There ain't no resurrection. I don't know what you're talking about. But he said, no, 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 hold it now. This is this is the importance of the resurrection. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then even Christ, if then not even Christ has been raised. Wait a minute. If there's no resurrection, then Christ hasn't been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then this business I do up here don't make no sense. This is a waste of time. This is in vain. And, and your belief, your trust, your confidence is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that He raised Christ. Isn't that what I said earlier? God raised Christ. But if there is no resurrection, then I was speaking a bunch of foolishness. Whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. That also means those who have fallen asleep in Christ are finished. If Christ, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we have all people most pitied. But. Whew, I love that word, you know. I remember in Telios the but. Oh, such a small word. But. Whew, but. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Amen? He's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ, the first fruits. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. No, no, no. There's a resurrection. We have a hope. We will live again. We will live again. What does this hope all mean? We don't have to be afraid. Why? Because our God is with us. And no matter what circumstances we go through, we know there is something better. And God, in the midst of the circumstances, has a plan and a purpose of transforming you through that process, in the midst of it, into the image of Christ so we have no need to be afraid we have a hope we have a hope because he raised christ from the dead he has the power he can do it we have a hope because we know he said he would do it and he did it so we know he is a faithful god we have this hope and we need to tell others about this hope quickly But now, what should we do? I ended a message before in the same text. And I want to leave it with you again. 1 John 3, 2 through 3. Beloved, we are God's Children. children now. What we will be has not yet appeared. That resurrection. Coming, not yet. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone, everyone who knows this living Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, everyone who hopes in this resurrection, in this Jesus, purifies himself as he is pure. That hope that we look forward to gives us the ability to live lives holy, righteous, and God-honoring. Don't just take the resurrection and put it on the mantle like a trophy. Wow! That's beautiful, isn't it? Our God is alive. What are you going to do with that now? Just enjoy it? Sit there and marvel at it? Look what he did. No. Live it. It needs to be seen. That resurrection Needs to be seen in you. In us. It's not just, wow, our God is alive. Now what? Live it. Show the hope, the power, the faithfulness. Show it. Live lives that bring honor and glory to God. Everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself even as he is pure. And once again, if you have made that profession of faith, please, before you leave, speak with one of the pastors and they can share more with you. In Jesus' name, amen.